Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number six. Six, baby. If you speak Spanish, what is that? Seis? Siete, ocho? Seis, I think it is. <laughs> Shall we start again? <laughs> no, this is the perfect way to start this show. What are you talking about? Oh. Uh, Welcome to Dial a Drummer. It's only the fourth time we started the show today. This is the first <laughs> official time we started the show. That right there is Shannon Corey. This is Brian Stevens. I like how we point to each other. I know, that's right? so cool. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> so, that's so pro. Uh, today, I got to just tell you, for people that are on the live stream, there's two ways that you can watch and or listen. One is live and one is the polished recorded way of watching it okay the i call it the on demand that's the, like i like the professional that. where you can go term. back okay but uh, every Monday around 12 p.m., uh, we live stream this on Facebook and YouTube and Periscope, Twitter and Twitch. And there are a few other places I don't even know where they're going. But um, any platform we can find. Oh, and there's a uh, there's also a live audio version if you're on Spreaker or if you have the Spreaker app. But then there's also the nice, polished, recorded version that's available. Goes for, up a couple days later. Yeah, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Um, those are the two big places. And on August the 1st, I left myself a note. August the 1st, we're going to roll out dialadrummer.net. Nice. I okay. want a .com, but some kid's squatting on it. He won't and give it up. I don't want to pay 500 bucks for it. You know what? You. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make an appeal. One of the notes I had for myself was we to do a GoFundMe for our. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna appeal. I'm gonna send this clip to the young man who owns Dialadrummer.com, and uh, we would really love to bring you into the. Actually, you know, I'm gonna look in that camera right give there. Him, give him some FaceTime. That's the earnest camera. That is the I'm speaking directly to you, friend camera. <laughs> Uh, the, to the to the young man that has dialadrummer.com, we would really love to park our little show at dialadrummer.com. And uh, I'm more than willing to, uh, to uh, come to some terms that we can both agree on. Let's have them as a guest. See, that's why you're the uh, smarter one of the, the pair. The passing of the torch. <laughs> there you go. I'll send him an email this week. All right. You're uh, on. Uh, we'll definitely, August the 1st, we'll be up at dialadrummer.net. And uh, if, if we can uh, work some magic with the young man who owns the domain, maybe it will be dialadrummer.com by then. He put up a blog back in December to, and started a blog back in December uh, and really hasn't done anything with it. I got you. And uh, and he wasn't he didn't have enough nerve to hop in front of a, three cameras and two microphones <laughs> on the internet, so <laughs> so we figure you know so what we're just asking maybe maybe think maybe, about it maybe we could use that dot com <clears throat> make nice. it a lot easier for people to get to us anyway so yeah the recorded version uh, is available on our Facebook page which you can go to. Uh, if you search Facebook for Dial a Drummer or you can go to dialadrummer.net slash Facebook, you can get right to our Facebook page. Uh, for now, dialadrummer.net slash YouTube is our YouTube address. If we can get 100 subscribers, we can secure Dial a Drummer as our username on YouTube. Friends, please, I'm going to swap right back over to the <laughs> earnest camera. Friends, please help us this week and subscribe to us on YouTube. You all use YouTube. All you have to do is hit that little red subscribe button and you can help us get Dial a Drummer as our username on YouTube. We got this. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, by all means, you can always, uh, you can, if you're watching the live stream, there's a lot of moving parts of the show, Shannon. I know. It's and, a lot uh, to remember. And it's what, a lot to say. Yeah, one day, one day we're going to boil it down to about 45 seconds, and it's going to be so professional, it's going to be so succinct, and everybody will get it. We need to hire somebody prettier we'll to read doing, all this we'll stuff. We'll stop doing you know? the show at that point. <laughs> <laughs> By the time we actually polish this up. We'll be calling in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we'll replace ourselves. Uh, if you're on the live um, the live feed right now on Mondays uh, at uh, 12P, you can always call. Why don't you say the number? You're better 844 844-833-3786. Yeah. And the 3786... Is also drum. Yeah. Spells it out on your keypad. That's uh, Brian has one less thing to remember. And uh, you can always give us a call while we do the live show. We've got our uh, call in interface open and we're taking calls about our topic or really anything that drums you may want to ask about or or talk about. um, Or questions about previous shows. Like we had a great show last weekend. Yeah. With Marlon Patton talking about home studios and everything. So that was a great show. And today's mm-hmm. today's episode, there, there was one little thing that we touched on mm-hmm. that one of our listeners sent in an email. Dean sent in an email, and uh, and he asked a specific question about something we just touched on. We sort of glossed sure. over it. And to him, it was a really <clears throat> big deal. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, oh, Sponsor. You got one today? Last week we started with a sponsor. Yes. This Waves, week Saudi we have it. Yeah. Week. And Waves is back this week. Nice. And we're going to do something even cooler. If okay. you go to uh, dialadrummer.net slash gold, they have what? Gold. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> they have their gold bundle, which is 35 or 36 plugins. And out of those 35 or 36, I dare say I use at least a dozen of them every day. Oh, wow. Okay. They're reverb, they're channel strip, they're Renaissance compressor. There are a ton of great plugins. It, just within that one bundle that I use just about every single day in the studio. Nice. And uh, normally that package is like $7.99, $6.99, And if you'll go to that link... Uh, dialadrummer.net slash gold you can get the gold bundle for 199 i did the math on it this week that's a great deal and if you if you did the math for each individual plugin it comes out to like five dollars and 32 cents a plugin or so you'd be all set yeah really you could buy that one bundle if you had no other plugins except the stock plugins in your digital audio workstation um you could buy that one bundle and you'd have pretty much everything you needed to get up and running and do professional work um, with mixing and and making your tracks that you record at home sound really, really good. Nice. So make sure you go to that link, dialadrummer.net slash gold, and you can get the gold bundle for $199. And the great thing about doing that is that for every person that goes, and if you just go to dialadrummer.net slash waves and anything at that point you buy on their site – um, they give us a little piece of that. It helps to offset the cost of cameras and lights. And we have even more lights this week technology. than last week. Uh, there's a ton of technology here. And uh, that just helps to offset the cost of that for us. And, uh, it, you know, it certainly it certainly ain't making us rich, but it keeps us but from going broke. Help is help. We'll yeah. take what we can get. We don't go broke doing this. So uh, the thing we're talking about this week, uh, Dean sent an email. 
and he was asking, he, he's in a band. Now, his email didn't really tell me if he was in an original band or if he was uh, like in a cover band. Okay. But his question was, I'm in a band right now and I'm just the drummer. And I, there are a lot of things that uh, that I feel like we could be doing that we're not. And uh, especially if I wanted to get other kinds of gigs, how do I do some things or, or add some things that uh, help me to get other kinds of gigs? Mm-hmm. Last week, we touched on uh, with our guest, Marlon, last week, we t- touched on the fact that having a pro-level home studio opened up his ability to uh, record people. Mm-hmm. Uh, record their albums, mix their albums, and even do some mastering, and uh, which is a whole different income stream than just playing the drums. Sure. So this week, what we're talking about is adding value to who you are and what you do, either inside the gig that you already have, or if you're trying to level up and get to the next gig. You've auditioned for gigs before, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. How does that process normally happen for you? You know, in an open call, usually there's a drum set set up and you're just walking in cold and, you know, you might get a couple of seconds to adjust the kit. But the biggest thing I could say in an audition process like that is <clears throat> relax. Right. right <laughs> you right, got to right. breathe right. and you go in and you you nail it. And then further on, let's say if you... Well, we'll save the MD topic. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll that get to in a minute. But. So, you know what the worst part of auditions for me, and I haven't done auditions in a while, but you know what the worst part of an audition for me is? The 50 other guys lined up in the hallway. Yeah. Because every one of those 50 guys is probably a pretty They're good drummer. They're all qualified, absolutely. So, so playing drums, uh, if, if that's the only thing you're bringing to the table, you're in line with your hand up. Right. Saying, pick me, pick me with 50, 100, 200 other people. I mean, we live in a town now over, what, 3 million people? Right. It, suffice it to say, uh, more than five of them are drummers. Yeah. <laughs> we know four that live <laughs> two miles from here. They're yeah. all killer. Yeah. So if you're, if you're going to uh, try and get a, a new gig and you're going to audition for a gig, then uh, it might behoove you. To bring some other things mm-hmm. to the table, most of the most of the situations that uh, come to me uh, as a freelancer are are situations where people just kind of need me to do the gig at that particular time. Right. But I do have people that approach me about long term positions within an organization, mm-hmm. and it runs the gamut. Sometimes it's uh, artists with original bands. Other times it's cover bands mm-hmm. or there's a lot of great corporate bands. Sure. And from reading Dean's email, uh, he was just kind of wondering, are there other things that I can do that make me more valuable as uh, not just the drummer in that organization, the drummer for that band? And so really what I, I'd like for us to table today are, and I'll show that that nice little graphic again to that we uh, that I put together this morning about 45 and a half seconds before we had to go online. Nice. Uh, so we're adding value. We're trying to go beyond beats and fills when it comes to being the drummer in a situation. Let's approach it from this standpoint. Let's say uh, for just the sake of argument, let's say Dean is in an original band. Okay. 
and maybe he's wondering if if he could bring more to the table because his band's not doing as well as he would like for them to do. There are a lot of things that you can do that bring value that have nothing to do with actually playing the music. One of the things that when I first moved to Atlanta that I found very quickly when I got into a group of musicians is that if I wanted more gigs, how about I book a gig? Right. That's that's a great point. So go out you, and be the guy that you, gets the work. Yeah, if you already have a gig where guys play together and they know a song list and they have a show, then you have a commodity. Mm-hmm. You have a resource that you can actually turn into real money. Right. So you can actually do the work of calling clubs. Or if it's the kind of band that fits and is appropriate for these kind of situations, you could actually put a package together and start to talk to event planners. Right. And get your band booked for weddings, corporate parties, uh, divorce parties. Right. Divorce parties. <laughs> Be the divorce party band. <laughs> That's, you know, find find these niches of audience that your particular band would play really well to. Uh, I had an original band 10 or 12 years ago, and uh, the band was called Ocean Street. And one of the big audiences for us were uh, college kids. Okay. So, you know, we started on the college circuit playing bars. Right, sure. You know, like we would we would play down in uh, in Tallahassee, sure, and we would play in Auburn, and we'd play these uh, these different college towns. Um, and you so, start getting the frat parties, right. and All that stuff, yeah. And and so you know, maybe the the bar gig doesn't pay but eight hundred to a thousand bucks, but if you can book a frat party, a sorority party, a mixer where you get guys and girls coming together and uh, and having a good time. You can make two, three thousand bucks. Absolutely. And so, you know, part of your job at that point is you you play politician a little bit. So instead of just showing up at the bar and playing your gig and going, well, you know, I'm 28 years old. I'm not in college anymore. I'm going to go outside and get away from this racket. You know, you could actually kind of mix it up a little bit with some of the folks that are there in the bar and find out who the social chair is. Right. Of, of a one of the more popular frats or sororities. And you can make that connection with someone and get them the things that they need to book you for their next party. And all of a sudden, on top of getting paid for being the drummer, you can take 20% for booking the gig. Absolutely. If you're going to uh, run interference and network to find who is actually responsible for hiring for that gig, and you're going to get them the materials that are going to sell them and you're also going to handle the logistics when we show up, where we set up, is there power, uh, you know, is there a place for us to change? All of, if you're going to handle that, if you're going to run point, right, and you're going to hold everybody's hand during the gig, you're more than worth that extra 20%. Sure. So if you book an – I mean, you can do the math, kids. If you book a $3,000 frat gig – and you got four piece band right off the top you're going to take 20%. Adds up. 
Quickie. Right off the top, you take 600 bucks, and you haven't played a note. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, you take out your expenses, you take, you know, especially if you've got to travel, and right, you got to right. pay for gas, and you may, you may have to pay for your own rooms, and that 3000 they may not cover that. But all of a sudden, uh, what was a four-way split of the pie before or after all the expenses, depends on the band is run, um, all of a sudden, you don't have to just take your 200 or your $300 home. You can take your 600 on top of your playing. Exactly. And it starts in the rehearsal room. You know, if you're going to be the guy that, let's now we'll kind of branch into also being musical director. If you're going to take lead, make sure your rehearsals are run effectively. Right. You know, understand that rehearsals are for tightening a show and getting it all together, not for learning the songs. If everybody comes into right. rehearsal ready to run the songs, you can play down your set a couple times mm -hmm. and you maximize your time. So when you go to present what you're trying to sell to a club, you know you have a polished product. If you get, and if and when you get the gig, mm -hmm. you know, this is a pet peeve of mine. I know it's a different, and it may ruffle feathers, but I have a hard time when, if you are there to put on a show, Mm -hmm. don't be drinking because you're there to work. Right. You know, if I show up at your job at Home Depot, you're not walking around trying to sell me lumber and drinking a beer at the same time. You're there to do well, something. Maybe at your Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> we do live in Buford. No. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you're, you're but you right. Know, but it, it all comes down, and I, I know I keep saying the same thing, be prepared, but that means a lot of things. You know, as a drummer, Make sure your drums are in tune. Make sure you have sticks, enough tools in the stick bag right. for the various things. Right. But then translate that to the players in the band. And that right. doesn't mean you have to be a dictator. If you're going to be a musical director, really what that means is that you just need somebody that's organized, keeps everybody on task. Because, right. you know, you can, usually you, everybody is a, a good player that you're dealing with. Right. You're not telling them how to play. You're just trying to tighten the ship. Right. You know. So let's let's drop into a rehearsal then. If you're the music director for your situation, like you do that sometimes with your church gigs sure. and things. What uh, what do you do? Let's say uh, rehearsal starts at one p.m. on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's there. Everybody's ready to play at one p.m. on Tuesday. Is that where your role as the musical director starts, or is there something? I would previous say, to that. I, I would say previous because generally you're also the guy that's sending out the songs. Right. I like to do the set list prior to any show so that it, once you do get to rehearsal, you can run down your song list, your set list, mm -hmm. so that when you do show up on the gig, you're playing a show. Mm -hmm. A lot of bands will get out there and play a song, there's dead space. Play a song, there's dead space. Right. You know, but if you have a set list and you stick to it and you can knock it out, you know, our good buddy Eric Snipes, his band can play a three-hour show with no breaks mm -hmm. because they have segued everything they do. They have medleys. That's a whole nother conversation. Right, right, right. But with rehearsals, <clears throat> I'll send out the songs. I'll send out the set list so that, you know, start time. And this is another one, kids. If rehearsal is at four o'clock or one o'clock. Right. That means you're downbeats at that time. Don't show up at four o'clock and then take 45 minutes to set up your gear. Right. You know, that's a, that's a studio thing. Cause if you, 
late to a studio, they've already called somebody else. Right. <laughs> you know, the downbeat. The downbeat is the downbeat. The downbeat's yeah. not what time you dr- you pull up in the driveway. So then, to follow up on the the answer, so once you start running those songs in rehearsal. If there's something that needs to be touched on once you've played a something, you touch on it, discuss it, right. but you keep moving along, you know what I mean? And, and you keep that set flowing so that, let's say you get two rehearsals for a show. If, if you're very organized in how you're doing your rehearsals, the show comes off so much better. It's tighter. Everybody knows what to expect. Sure. Even with, you know, if the artist that you're dealing with is going to, speak in between this particular song or if there's a guitar change make a note on your charts that hey i got to give my guitar player 30 seconds to switch guitars right right so it's a lot of little things but it does add up and it makes for a much better show sure well let's uh for me adding value is all about finding need and servicing need Mm -hmm. so in most of the situations that i'm in uh there already is a musical director Mm -hmm. and Usually those guys, you can always tell the musical director in any situation that you walk into because, number one, that's the guy running around with his hair on fire most of the time. And, and dealing with the artist. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy that seems like he needs a pack of Tums permanently in his right hand that he can just pop. Right, right. One about every 45 <laughs> seconds. It's like Altoids. I gotta have them. Yeah. They're candy. <laughs> it's usually the guy who seems like he's the most taxed. Because he's having to think on a lot of different levels. And and whether or not you're the drummer in a situation, um, you do, if you're perceptive, you have the ability to look and see that someone is probably almost extended beyond what their capacity or their bandwidth is. So a lot of times I'll go into a situation and I'll try and find how can I take a few things off that person's table. Mm-hmm. If if he's already hired as the musical director, he's got a lot of responsibilities. He's got a lot of things he's got to do. And so um, there's a particular theater gig that I'll do once a year here in town. Mm-hmm. That one of the reasons why the past five or six years I keep getting called back for it, part of it is being the drummer sure, and being the guy who can learn the songs and play the right style and that stuff. But I, I really think more than that, one of the reasons why I continue to get, to get the callback over other drummers is I noticed the very first year, the very first rehearsal, there were a lot of things that we weren't covering. Mm-hmm. And with the instrumentation Part-wise. that we had, so you know there there were some uh, pop electronic kind of things we were doing in this show that we only had two keyboard players and they only have two hands sure. a piece. Right. So there's only so much. Even if they split the keyboard, there's only so many things they can play. And with a lot of modern production, there's a lot happening. There may be True. eighty tracks of keyboard sequence stuff happening. Yeah. So immediately I dropped in and I said, you know what? Um, I do some programming and some MIDI sequence and stuff. How about I take a look at your charts and find out what you're playing, listen to the recording, and how about I bring in all the stuff that's not getting played? Fills it up. Yeah, all the things that that we can't cover with the keyboards and the things that the guitar players can't pick up and all those things – uh, how about I, I bring in my laptop and I'm running Ableton and I put together some backing tracks 
that would allow us to be able to sound a lot more like the record. Sure. Especially in a theater production where you really need all those yeah. sounds. Absolutely. Or with some of these tracks, some of the songs in, in this, sh- in these different shows, um, maybe there's some loops or some bed tracks mm-hmm. that are m- actually more important than the actual acoustic drums being played. And so, you know, I would actually go back to the original recordings and if I could slice out what that loop was or what that bed track was, I would slice it out and create something we could play to. Or if I wasn't able to do that, I would just create something from scratch. And with this last show that we did this past year, I think there were 46 or 48 tunes in that show. And it's a variety show. So some of them are the complete songs. Others are, here's a verse and two choruses, and we move to the next set. Right, you know, right, The right. next stage setup. And so... Uh, Your help so, propelling everything. Right. Move quicker, smoother, easier, faster. And so all of a sudden now, between obviously lining click tracks up for everything and then putting together these backing tracks, I, they didn't ask me to do sure. it. But I saw a need. I, I, I heard a need. And like, furthermore, you took it upon yourself to do it right. and bring it to the table to add value. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. And, and in the end, that translated to, you know, the, the guy who was responsible for writing the checks saw how much work I put into that extra service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, magically, when my check showed up in the mail, there was more money in there. Right than what we had originally agreed on. And and so I hear a lot of drummers, they're not getting paid enough for gigs mm-hmm. or there are not enough gigs for them to play. And I just fall back on, well, what else do you bring to the table? If you're that guy that can put or, together those backing tracks, all of a sudden, maybe you're the guy that people call more often. Sure. And what kind of gigs are you settling for? You right. know, right. And, and I think, too, to add to the topic here, whether it's a, a bar gig, mm-hmm. a wedding gig, whatever the gig is, treat it like you're playing at Madison Square Garden because you don't know who you're playing to. You right. don't know who's in the audience. Don't A lot of guys have a mentality like, oh, it's just a bar gig. It's no big right. deal. We're just practicing. It's like, no. You're playing to an audience that's probably never seen you play before, mm-hmm. you know, especially in Atlanta, it, the city is so big. You can play in Marietta and not know a soul. You sure. Can, we can play in our backyard and not know a soul. Right. You know? right, right. Be prepared, mm-hmm. show up and give it your best effort so that that comes off. Like you put in all these extra added values sure. to bring to the table. And I think that's something that gets missed a lot. Right. And there's a lot of bands, but nobody's, there's not a lot of great show bands. Right. That's true. That's true. There's a lot, a lot of run and gun type gigs where guys just kind of show up and know a collective set. And they're playing down covers and then just, "Eh, whatever we'll end wherever, you know, and it's some gigs like that are fun. They can be loose and you have a good time, but still try to put, and we're talking about professional stuff here. You, if you don't put your best foot forward, then you're going to be the guy going, Oh man, I don't have enough gigs or sure. I'm still making $40 or, right. you know, but that's probably because you showed up to the gig in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. You didn't look good. Right, right, <laughs> what right. do you expect? Right. You know, I want to give the guy something actionable. You know, we, I ju- we just talked about putting tracks together and 
for guitar players or keyboard players or people that play melodic instruments, that may be uh, sort of a, a no-brainer kind of task. Sure. Drummers, let's face it, the majority of drummers don't really know a lot about music, unfortunately. Sure, sure. No. Unless, unless you've gone to college uh, and, and gotten a, a music degree. Right. Or unless you've taken piano lessons or guitar lessons or learned to play some Study other instrument, you're right. The the vast majority of drummers, unfortunately, don't know a lot about music and how music works. So that idea of you know putting together backing tracks, especially if you're yeah, it's keyboard it's tracks, topic. they're 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 like well, I have no idea how I'd even start so, doing that. So let's tackle that. I'll, I'll give you an act. Here's an actionable thing. We can talk glittering generalities, and we can talk big picture. I want to really zoom in on. Specifics. Here's I'm, I'm going to give away a secret. Okay. I'm going to put myself out of business right here on this show. Do you need to talk to the earnest? <laughs> right here, I'm going to put my own <laughs> self out of business, and I'll tell you why I don't mind giving this away because I know that 80 percent of the people watching this won't even do this. Drum loops are easy. Drum drummers are pretty good at putting drum loops together, but being able to put MIDI sequences together and things. A little more foreign sure, sure. to most guys. So um, here's something that you can do that's an actionable step. There are at least a half a dozen websites out there, and I'll put a link at the bottom of the screen to one I use a lot. Uh, sites that you can go to that you can input the name of a song, mm-hmm. and one of two things will happen. Okay, You can either, and these are for purchase. These aren't pirate sites. These right, are for right. purchase. You Either you'll get a karaoke track, of that particular song that's a fully mixed sans vocals track. Right. Or one of the sites I use in particular, you can actually get multi-tracks of that same sequence. Nice. Okay. So what I'll do is for like a buck ninety-nine a tune, some of them are more expensive, but more of them a buck ninety-nine, two ninety-nine, you can actually go in and bust out the drum track as sequenced for that. If there's some percussion, usually they put it on a different track. There's usually a bass line track. If there's two or three guitars in that song, if it's a Katy Perry tune, there's two or three guitars. Right. You'll have different tracks for that. Now, they don't always give you all the individual uh, keyboard tracks, but a lot of times they'll put them on stems. So you may have two or three different stems of keyboard things. And so at that point, all you, you really have to do is make sure that you're in the right key that your group is playing them in. And you can just bust out all those stems and put them in an Ableton session or a Pro Tools session or whatever DAW you use. And now I I go to the rehearsal with that whole thing lined up in a session. Nice. Okay. So you've got everything. Yeah, I've got got the the whole whole song. song. Like I could just hit play and we could go to lunch. Y'all could air it. And unfortunately, some bands do. Um, no but names. that's a great idea because then you have every reference track as right. well. So yeah. if there's an issue, it'd be like, if, mm, yeah, no. The, <laughs> yeah, especially if, it's, if, if the track is right. If you go through and you really listen and you make sure all the parts are right, then if, it's an added value to other players because maybe if it's, if it's a really dense mix, maybe the bass player didn't really hear that he should be playing a seventh there instead of the root. Right, it's some little weird quirky thing that whoever produced the track thought this would be really cool. This would this right. is a little outside the lines. This would make it kind of sweet and different if I just had that guy play something different. Or sometimes um, th- what they'll do, especially on a lot of pop tracks, 
is they'll spread out the chord. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe no one particular instrument is playing the entire chord, and right. maybe it is a seventh or an the eight layered nine over the top. or some weird chord. And you're playing down the track as the band, guitar, bass, drums, one keyboard player, and you can't figure out why that just doesn't sound right. Or the vocalist can't sing the melody line the right way because maybe there's a real integral piece of the chord that's missing. Sure. So now all of a sudden you can go back to those source tracks and you can listen to whatever guitar they laid down. And that way the guitar player can kind of hear it split out and go, oh, yeah, 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 I should be playing, I should be playing a major seventh there. I'm sorry that I'm just playing the wrong kind of chord there. Right. Uh, or you can have, be in the rehearsal and have everybody decide what their part is going to be. And then I just go to the mute button on all the tracks that I don't need now. Right. So bass player, great. Tick him off. I'm playing drums <laughs> right. most of the time. And so uh, I'll mute that track. Uh, I'll mute any one of the guitars or the keyboards or uh, any of those things. And now all of a sudden I've got a minus track Mm -hmm. with a click so that we stay with it. And now all of a sudden we've got a live band augmented by all this other production. And that Black Eyed Peas song that we're playing sounds like a Black Eyed Peas song. Right, because you've got all the missing parts that you're not covering. And now... Singers can actually do the thing that makes them feel as if they're doing their job right. Mm-hmm. You know, that instead of this stripped down, bare bones kind of thing where they feel like, am I just not bringing enough energy to this? Something's not right. I'm just all of a sudden what the singers are hearing in their ears or in their monitor, the thing that's coming back at them sounds like the thing they sang along to in the car. Sure. So now they don't have to either overperform to compensate for the energy or they don't have to feel weird about why does this not sound right? Right. So there, there's one of your, I'm just going to give that one away. If, and it's not like it's any big secret, but I know a lot of drummers don't do it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put the link at the bottom for the site that I use uh, primarily. There's five or six of them out there where you can do this, but uh, I get multi-tracks for these different tunes, and that's how I put my thing together. If you don't know anything about music, you do have two ears, Mm -hmm. and you can listen to the original version of the tune, and you can listen to your tracks that you got off the site, and you can see if they're close or if they're right. And if they're not... You can make adjustments. You, you can always make adjustments. You can sit with somebody else in the band and go, you know, I don't think my track is totally right. Can we go through this? And, and that ties into something we talked about last week is by bringing that to the table, mm-hmm. what you've done is you have, you're listening to the big picture oh, yeah. versus just, I play drums and I'm only worried about my drum part or right. I, I play guitar and I'm only worried about my tone, you yeah. know, by listening to everything and knowing all the parts, mm-hmm. That's also helping you add value to this situation right. because you come in and it's like you may not be the musical director, but this guy knows the songs better than we do. Right. You know, you want that reaction. Absolutely. From people. So in knowing the songs better than everybody else, can I give somebody another actionable step? Come on. I mean, I'm telling you, we're going to hang on before we jump topic. Another thing with the loops yeah. and that kind of thing. An easy way to get started for those that don't have let's say access to a fancy laptop and right. able to, if you have an iPhone, Oh yeah. You can take 
GarageBand on your iPhone. Let's say you want a simple drum loop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's a song that pops in my head is the fighter Carrie Underwood. Okay. They've, right. And Keith Urban, there's a loop at the beginning of the tune. Mm-hmm. You can drive that song into GarageBand. You can go back and cut off the whole song, keep the eight bar intro, mm-hmm. play it on your phone to a direct box on the gig. And then you've got the loop and you've got the time and the click. Great way to start the song if you aren't able to cover all those parts. Yeah, there's a lot of low-cost devices that you can use that aren't necessarily a laptop. Sure. I mean, just sitting in this room right now, there are at least three iPads Mm -hmm. of varying configurations. Um, There's an Android device that powers that screen that I paid like 129 bucks for that you could play those tracks from. You could just load them into the media player on your, this Android Whatever platform it is. There's a Samsung tablet sitting right there that was like 200 bucks. It's not like you got to go out and spend two or three or $4,000 on a rig. You just need something that uh, allows you to get the job done uh, in, an, in an effective way. Which would set up another topic for another show in your monitoring. We got to a new sponsor coming. This is going to be perfect for that. Right. New sponsor coming. This is going to be perfect for so that. So we'll table weeks. that topic for we'll another. We'll think, yeah. So um, in knowing more about the song, here's another actionable step. So we were talking earlier about being a musical director or helping the musical director charts for tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I get charts for most of the tunes or most of the gigs that I play Mm -hmm. and they're wide and varied. Yes. And they can be very wide and varied depending on what kind of gig it is. Is there a particular kind of chart that you hate or one that you love? What do you like to see? It would depend on the gig, Mm -hmm. you know, because let's say you get a typical lead sheet or a piano chart. Sometimes they're great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are not <laughs> transcribed very well, especially rhythmically for the rest of the band. Right. So let's say I'm working with an artist that is based on the singer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, I would send out charts that are based on the, the vocals, the lyric okay. sheets, if okay. you will. And then start with that. Because if you have a lyric sheet, you, you, you have a guide to the song quickly. Right. And then if you need to, everybody can scribe there. Sure. You know, whether you're doing a Nashville number system or you got to actually write out, you know, how everybody's accustomed to doing it at this point. But that is a great loaded question. Here's the, here's the chart that I hate. And in the place I see it the most often is in churches. Mm-hmm. I hate the word document with the, the <laughs> lyrics line by line with the chord. <laughs> the chord is written over the word where that chord goes. Right. There's no rhythmic structure. There's right. And you're trying to read the lyric. You're trying to read the lyric. You're trying to see, you don't know what bar that comes in. You don't know what beat it falls on. And, and, and the lines are line by line by line. And depending on how, whoever put this word document together, depending on how they like to parse the lines, you really, a lot of times can't even tell the structure of say a verse or chorus. Or It's not like four lines of a verse and you intuit that that's going to be, you know, Four bars per line. You right. can't even intuit that. And, they, and, and, and most of those church charts, it's funny you picked that one, is that they don't even put the song in the right structure half the time. Yeah, they'll write a verse right. that has the chords. They'll write the chorus, chorus that has the chords over the words. And then they just type the rest of the lyrics out. Right. And then they might <laughs> put part of a bridge. And usually, you know, these contemporary Christian songs now, the bridge is 42,000 bars long because right. there's 18 buildups. Yeah. 
It's like, just give us a chart that's actually reading down the chart. So here's here's the thing that I would do. Now, in that situation, mm-hmm. let's let's consider that an asset. That is an asset because it's more information than you have. It's a guide. <clears throat> it's a reference. But let's let's mm-hmm. just say I'm dropping into a situation and I've got some time. And I can't do this live on the gig, but if I know there's a rehearsal coming up and I know that um the you know they send these charts ahead of time they dropbox these word documents that are these crappy kind of charts again if i'm trying to be of value mm-hmm. if i want to understand the song more and i want to put together a chart that tells me about the song nowadays if you go and you google the lyrics and chord lyrics and chords for Katy Perry fireworks yeah you can pull it all right up it'll come up and you'll get that crappy church chart we're just going to call it a church chart from now on. It's the crappy <laughs> church chart with the line and the course. You'll get that same thing in your web browser. So here's what I end up doing. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to put myself out of business today. That's all right. Like I'll never, I'll never get a I'm gig. Not used to the standing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get a gig again because all all these wonderful drummers out there are going to take all these tips and they're going to just beat me out of every gig now because they're going to know all the secrets. Or conversely, <laughs> all these artists are going to call you because they're like, oh, this guy brings a lot to the table. Right, exactly. So a lot, if, if somebody hands me the crappy church chart and I've got time and I want to know more about the song, or if I'm the MD on a gig and I know I need good charts, mm-hmm. the first thing that I'll do is I'll take the crappy church chart and I'll take my recording and I sit down at the piano. It's the, the piano, for me at least, is the easiest way to pick out the chords. Absolutely. And so I'll sit there with my earbud in, and I've got my phone or my iPad or whatever I'm playing, the MP3. I've got my chart sitting right there in front of me with the, you know, the lyrics and the chords. And if the first chord on the chart is a G, I play a G, mm-hmm. and I play the song, and I listen and you decide right away that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and and I go, oh, wait a second. This recording is a half step lower. Right. Oh, okay. Wonderful. So either I got the wrong chart or somebody's planning. Hey, make a phone call. They what recorded key? the track in E, but the chart's in G. <laughs> Do you know how many weird looks I've gotten from people when, when I go, is this, is this in F or G? Or is this an A or G? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a drummer. What do you know about? Read the words, man. <laughs> I had a session one time, guitar player was playing, and he was playing a part. And I was trying to get him to be creative. This is a total tangent here. Sure. Trying to get him to be creative. And uh, so he's playing a guitar part and kind of picking out this nice arpeggiated thing. I was like, that's really good. Could you just like um, do that, but... Right there on the and of four, can you just, instead of going to that note there, put the ninth in there instead. So instead of just going like one, three, five back down or one, five, seven back down or something like that, some kind of way that we put together this arpeggiated kind of part, I went, go to the ninth there instead. I mean, nobody else is playing the, a ninth chord there, but if you put that note in, it goes great with the the vocal melody and it kind of gives it a really nice color. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm already three minutes into telling the guy why I want him to do this. And I just get this blank stare, right? Yeah. Blank stare. And he hasn't played anything. He goes, you're a drummer. How do you know what a ninth is? 
said, the big well, misconception. I count. I counted all the way up the scale and went one more. <laughs> just no. I told him. Looked at me like because I care. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. I just said. I. I think it's a great color. If you just play that color, I think it's gonna. I think that's actually what this part. This is missing from this part. We're trying to put together what we're banging our heads against a wall. It's. It's just, it's not the right note. And of course, you know, the guy plays this part where we change one note out for the ninth and all of a sudden the color comes out and then he never questioned whatever I told him to do again. Right. Because, because I, I, I do try and know something about music. So you sit at the piano, going back to what we're saying, sit at the piano and you play that G. And if it's, if it's right, then I just make a note. That's right. Okay, cool. Go <laughs> you the- made it through the first bar. <laughs> <laughs> I made it through the first bar. And then I'll go through each one of the chords that's on my crappy church chart, and I'm checking all of those. Right. And once I, I get through the whole chart, if all the chords are right, then I can move to the next step. It's kind of like a game. It's like leveling up in Mario Brothers, right? <laughs> I just dated myself. Uh, <laughs> so, um, now if the chords aren't right, or if I have a question about the chord, see, this is the wonderful thing about music theory. Music theory is math. That's all it is. So I'm going to sidestep that and go drummers. If you don't know anything about music theory and what I'm telling you is blowing your mind right now, you're going to have no idea for free or cheap. You can go to Udemy.com. You can go to Coursera.com. Even Berkeley School of Music now has free online courses. Don't go to YouTube. Don't waste your time there. No. Spend 10 bucks on Udemy.com for a basic music theory course just to learn how major and minor chords work and how to spell a scale. Right. It Then, all of a sudden, if it's an A minor – and you know how to spell, when I say spell, how to pick out the right, notes right. The that actual, may forget to create that. the. Then you don't even know how to have to, how to play an A minor chord if you know how to build the chord. You know how many keys you have to count to get to the next one. And then if it says A minor on the chart, you play an A minor, you listen to the recording. And if it's right, you're. Great, wonderful. If you play a minor and it goes twing in your spirit, <laughs> you know it's wrong. <laughs> and you know it's wrong. All of a sudden you go, well, that says A minor, but that should, that's definitely a major chord. Or what generally happens, somebody writes a major chord and they forget to put the little M right there. And you know that the chart has a major chord written where it should be a minor chord. That's generally what happens. You play the happy chord right. and you should be hearing the sad chord. So you just make that change. So when I go down my chart, make sure all the chords are right. If they're not right, I go figure them out. Because once you figure out the tonic, again, 10 bucks on Udemy, free on Coursera.com. You can get music theory class, basic music theory classes, if you'll take two days or three days or a week. And this will not be a mystery hey, anymore. If you, you took the amount of time you spent on Facebook every day and applied that to... Well, there you go. <laughs> You'll learn something new every day. It's one week of your life, man. Right. That's it. So, yeah, it, uh, you hit the tonic, you hit the the root of the chord, and you make sure that's right, and then you just start counting half steps and whole steps to make the chord, and then you figure out what the right chord is. You listen. Once I've got my whole sheet with the correct chords, I'm sure all those chords are right, then I get a nice little piece of staff paper that you can 
print for free online. I'm going to put the URL at the bottom of the We're screen. Have a lot of links today. Yes, I got. <laughs> got this is going to this is gonna take two weeks for me to put this together for you because I love you and I, I want to make sure that you have everything you need to add value to your gig. So you go and you go print out some free staff paper right off the internet, and then I start counting bars. If the verse is eight bars long. You, I can decide, depending on how dense the chord structure is, right. I can either make every line eight bars or I can make every line four bars. Just repeat. And then I start, I write my bar lines, I start plugging in the chords with the rhythm, right. where the chord should land. Nice. So if if the chord lands on the and of two, I just put a little notation in there that whoever was playing to that chart would be able to see that we don't change that chord on the downbeat. We change it on the upbeat of two. Right. And now that person still has to have listened to the song, but they've got enough information that they can at least interpolate a part that's what they remember if they didn't get a chance to sit down and really work out the part. Or if it's a basic rhythm, if an acoustic guitar player playing an acoustic guitar rhythm, he knows where, where he needs to change the chords. He's got that information. Right. If there's a real specific uh, rhythmic figure, then I'll write that thing in. We're drummers. We should be at least able to write rhythms down for right. people. And so... Again, it's it's not a full transcription of the song, but it is an accurate representation of the form of the song laid out in a way on the page that's easy to interpret. You can you can actually interpret how this song is set up. It's got all the chord information you need, all the melodic information. Um, now, I don't. I, for me personally, I don't get. For most gigs, I don't get down into the weeds of if there's a melodic line that needs to be played by a particular instrument and things like that. That's where guys have got to that's, do their homework. That's where you got to do, you're right. But the great thing about handing out a chart like that is that if a guy has, let's say, a string line that has a very specific thing he needs to play, then he can write it on that chart. Right. You're actually giving him something. But you have just brought to the table making everything so much easier yeah. and quicker. Yeah. So Whereas you're not fumbling through the chart going, what? What is that? You've already come right. ready to get, okay, let's do this. And if if you're savvy enough that you know how to use a notation program or any of that stuff, you can even put the lyrics in under this stuff so that uh, a lot of times what I do is I'll handwrite the first three words of each line right? You know, to go with each line of the chart. So if for some reason you get lost uh, in that chart, you can have some other kind of aural prompt that people will then know Oh, okay. That's where I am in the chart. Right. You know, this shouldn't. This whole thing shouldn't be a mystery. It shouldn't be. We're not competing to see who can play the song better. We're all trying to play together. No, and so and, and get through the rehearsal quicker so that the show is better. I mean, these yeah. are all pieces of the pie yeah. to make it a better situation. This is going to be another show. This is man. I tell you what. There, there, and there, that's just two ways that you can actually bring more value to the table in terms of prepping the band and giving them the tools that they need to be able to get into um, into a flow state with the music. As drummers, we think about getting uh, people into a flow state is just about the time and just about the groove and just about the feel. Getting players into a flow state with the song is about knowing the music. Right. And 
I know a lot of my drummer friends out there are going to go, man, you can scrawl a chart in 45 seconds to be able to play drums and be done. Well, but the or, problem with that, you're only listening to the drum right, chart. There's all, a lot exactly. more to a gig than, because let's face it, I don't know about particularly what you do, but you probably don't actually ever transcribe that many drum charts for yourself because it may be, you know, a particular fill right. or a phrase set up to the next section, or it's more, that's why I tend to use lyric sheets a lot, especially because I work with a lot of singers. You know where they're going. Right. And if you're working with a singer, you need to know that that's first. Mm -hmm. And if you, going back to charting out the song in the correct form, mm -hmm. I'll do that with the lyric sheet, right? Yeah. So that they, they know what the last ooh-ah is at the end of the right. song, you know. Right. But those little things make a big difference. Yeah. So that's, that's getting involved in the actual nuts and bolts of the music part of it. And we've talked about booking the band. But mm -hmm. there's so many other functions within um, – the business of a band that guys can get involved in. If you love, if you do love Facebook and you mm -hmm. love YouTube and you love all these social tools, um, I can guarantee you that your band is probably under utilizing the tools at their disposal online. So maybe you become the social media guy, Dean, you become the social media guy for your band or for the next gig. I'm going to spill beans on something. Um, one of the things that I'm looking at right now in terms of bringing value for the next big gig that I do is it'd be great if somebody would just hire me as their drummer and we hop on a bus or hop on a plane sure. and we just go. But that's not the real the reality of the situation, uh, especially when you've got overhead, when you've got mortgages and you've got debt and you've got studios that you got to keep the lights on, all that kind of stuff. You do have to bring more value to the table. So for me, um, you know, I'm looking at how can I bring more of what I do for myself to other people. Right. So. If you like social media and you do a ton of it for yourself, maybe the artist that you're working for or maybe your band, uh, maybe they're really lacking on the social stuff. Maybe they're lacking on uh, being able to post video from gigs. Mm -hmm. If you're a video bug and you like to buy GoPros and do cool things like that, you know, pick up an extra GoPro or two and find the perfect place for, uh, for those shots on your next gig. You end up with two or three or four, uh, different angles put together the next. Here's the live promo of my band and just hand it to the band leader. Or even start in rehearsal with that GoPro, film the band, see what it looks like. Are so, you ready to yeah. go get a gig and and critique yourself? Yeah. See your you know see what you're presenting to. If you're going to go sell something to a club owner, yeah, it better be good. Yeah, you know. So if you if you like websites, maybe maybe you. Um, for me, as fun back in '96, I started. Programming my own websites. Even even also not Maybe to jump that's on your thought. That your band doesn't have. They don't have a website. Even taking decent pictures with your phone right. of the band. So you have good little, even if they're just headshots. Yeah. Make a little flyer on whatever it is. Make it look good. A lot of this is scratching your own itch mm -hmm. 
if you like taking pictures, you're a shutter bug right. and you've got a really nice little DSLR. You spent, you spent 800 bucks on a Canon T6i and you got a nice little lens you just got and you love doing that. Yeah. Take your camera to the rehearsals, set up some time with the guys in the band, be the photographer for your situation. And, uh, maybe you can help them dress up the website. Maybe you can use some video and some of these pictures and help them to dress up the promo materials for the band. And now all of a sudden, you're helping to fill out this marketing package that moves your band from $1,000 a night to three or four or $10,000 a night. If you have, let's say, I have a friend that's uh, in the video business. But he's also a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And he tends to keep those things separate. Okay. A recent discussion I had with him was, you're so great at video. Why are you not putting that out there as something you bring to the table for the next gig that you want? So you go and you audition, and it's between you and this other guy that looks just as good as you do, that plays just as well as you do, that's as, as good a hang as you are. Why don't you use that as a leverage point? Oh, by the way, you know, uh, my sideline business that I do Monday through Wednesday, uh, I work for a production company and I help shoot and edit videos. Right. I mean, I'd love to be able to, to bring that to the table and, uh, and help you guys in, in whatever way you may need it. You may, not, you may not need a big concert video, but maybe if it's an artist that you're working for, maybe they want to start doing a little weekly blog entry that's video but they don't want it to be from their phone right well great you know what i've got a i've got a great dslr i've got a couple of lights how about every tuesday morning uh, as long as we're both available i'll show up on tuesday morning at 10 30 and um i'll just film five minutes of you talking about the week or to, or showing us how you wrote a song now you're going beyond just uh i have the skill into how about I help you tell your story? Right. How about I help give you another asset that you can use so that you can get the message of who you are and what you do and how you do it out to all these wonderful people in the world that are just waiting to hear what you have to say. And now that that you take that thing that's just a way that you make money when you're not playing, because let's face it, all almost all of us, 99 uh, 0.5% of us now cannot subsist just on doing the one thing that we love probably the most, which is playing the instrument. So we have to bring these other things to the table. So if you love video, if you love photography, if you love uh, internet technology, use that as a leverage point so that when someone is deciding, should I get this guy or this guy? Be that guy. Be the guy. Be who, the guy. Be the guy who ticks all the boxes and oh by the way he has these other things too man you know what that guy needs to be on our team and that adds a lot of value to whatever situation you're doing right you'd be really surprised how quickly people get wind of that and they and they all of a sudden you become a hot commodity one of the, of the things that and this is specifically for my drummers out there one of the things that doubled the amount of gigs live gigs that I got was when I started letting people know that I could sing background vocals. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm an amazing singer, but I can sing in pitch. I can pick out the most parts. of the vocal parts and I can execute them and not 
it doesn't it doesn't uh, take away from my ability to play the drums. I can do them both equally well. Right. So I can walk into a situation and be the drummer who also adds vocal parts. And there are a lot of gigs that I've gotten because I sing. So something as simple as singing background vocals, and and again, you don't have to be, you don't have have to be Tommy Shaw, who I saw last night killing it with the singing. Man, gee whiz, um, you don't have to be some amazing front person vocalist. You just have to be able to jump in on a part and sound good and blend well and play your instrument. Well, it goes back time. to like learning how to make that chord. If you can pick out those parts and add to the. Yeah overall production of what's going on it makes a makes a big deal so uh those are things with with the live gig that you can can bring there in keeping with what we talked about last week um maybe if you enjoy recording or you've already put a small home studio together maybe you bring that to the table uh, with one of the last original bands that I did a bunch of work with. Since I had a mobile recording rig, I would bring my mobile recording rig. We would uh, get direct outs from whatever board we were using in whatever venue. And then every single gig, we had multi-tracks of the band that we could then turn around and remix and make brand new audio promos of the live gig. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was a great service with that band that really helped us to put out, basically put out, we called them our bootlegs, but it was just a, a really good live representation. And all I had to do extra was take a rack and some cables and spend an extra 10 minutes up, hooking sure. into the board and then, you know, just handed those tracks off to one of the other guys in the band that loved to mix. And that's another topic for another show is live recordings. Yeah. We can get into that. Definitely, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll put that one in the spreadsheet as well. So uh, my hope is that uh, just in the little bit of time that we've spent together today, we've given you a few ideas that you can use to add more value to what you do. Playing drums should be the thing that you f- focus on first and foremost. You want to be the best drummer you can possibly be for whatever situation you're walking into. But nowadays, in 2017, almost 2018, it's really not enough to just be the drummer. You've got to have something else that you can offer up that makes you a more advantageous choice when somebody's picking folks for their team. So uh, if you, uh, for the people that, that are, are watching or listening, if you have some unique way that you've added value to your gig, uh, then why don't you send us an email and tell us about it? Better yet, why don't you put together a three-minute video for us of how you've added value to your gig. We'd love to show it Absolutely. as a little uh, vignette on, on the show. We can cut you into the show and you can show us, and not just show us, but you can show all these other wonderful drummers that are, uh, that are watching or listening. You can show them how you've added value to your gig so that they can turn around and use that information to add value to their own gig or maybe add a skill that they can then use to level up into the next gig. Really what we're trying to do here on Dial a Drummer is just give back. Share some knowledge to help. Yeah. With the stuff that we've experienced and learned over the years. 
I don't mind giving away secrets like what we've given away today because I know that more than half the people that are listening won't follow it. And then the half that follow it, they're going to take that and they're going to filter it into however best works for them. And they're going to be able to make their own opportunities. Sure. Hopefully they create their own process to move forward. Yeah. You're going to be able to create your own opportunity by using these kind of little tidbits of knowledge that are not just readily available on YouTube or not easily Google-able. Right. You know, these are, these are things that uh, you, you just learn from being in the trenches and from doing this day in and day out, week in, week out. And um, that's what we do here at Dollar Drummer. So I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. We could go for like eight hours on this thing. And, and we may have to do a part two and a part three after we put this one out. Uh, a lot of actionable stuff that you can do today. We're touching base on a lot of points today, and we can easily go back. And so if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, or um, more ideas, please share with us, and we will go back and discuss more. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can email us, dialadrummer at gmail.com. Hashtag us on any social network, hashtag dialadrummer. And uh, by all means, make sure you're following us on all the socials, especially YouTube. We need guys to subscribe this week to our YouTube channel. We need 100 people, please. We need 100 people so we can secure that uh, dialadrummer moniker on YouTube. And uh, and also uh, make sure that you go and visit uh, our sponsor for this week. I cannot forget our sponsor, That's a good Waves, because this is a heck of a deal this this week. If you go to dialadrummer.net slash gold, you can get the gold bundle, which is 35 or 36 plugins that you can use in your digital audio workstation. doesn't matter if you're uh, Pro Tools, Studio One, Reason, Ableton, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, you can use these plugins. And normally that bundle is like six or seven hundred bucks. But if you'll go to that link, uh, go through that link to get to Waves, you can get the bundle for one ninety nine. It's like five dollars and change <laughs> a great for each plugin. It's an amazing deal. And every one of those plugins you're gonna find a great use for. We'd like to thank Waves uh, for sponsoring, not only sponsoring uh, this podcast, but Making tools that, as a working studio professional, I use every single day, uh, six, seven Help days a week. do what we do. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's pretty much all I got for you this week. You got anything else you want to tell everybody? I'm good. Thank you for tuning in today. Guys, we're enjoying the heck out of doing this, this and I, we hope fun. you're enjoying it too. So uh, by all means, it, whether you join us live on Mondays at noon or you uh, watch and or listen to the recorded versions of, uh, of Dial a Drummer, please join us every single week. Uh, we're here for you. We're here for each other to see how, how much we can be of value to you to help you level up from the gig you're in currently to the gig that you're hoping to get in the future. Uh, that's Just keep all moving forward. There you go. One one foot in front of the other, guys. Tune in next week to uh, Dial Drummer. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye.